Good evening, everybody. Welcome to La Jolla Community Church. We're so glad to see you here tonight for our Ash Wednesday service. At this time, we're going to get started with some worship. So if you'd like to stand and are able, we're more than welcome. gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace to this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me.
Thank you. Wow. Uh, please be seated. Well, it's Ash Wednesday, and uh, uh, maybe you come from a, a, an experience, a tradition where you're used to coming to an Ash Wednesday service, uh, maybe not, and maybe this is your first one, or you're getting used to the idea of Ash Wednesday. Uh, some folks um, see faith as a box to check. I check the faith box, I have it, it's, it's there, uh, not much else to do with it, uh, move on to something else. But we sang a song starting out tonight that said it's a race to be completed. Uh, and so... Um, Others would say, well, it's not just a box to check, it's a category to be in. And Ash Wednesday is to remind you that you don't really deserve to be here, you're lucky to be alive, and you're trespassing. Uh, that's not what Ash Wednesday is about at all. It's not checking a box, it's not um, saying you're not worthy of, of life. It says your life is so important, it'd be a shame to miss it. Uh, we have a slogan in our children's ministry It's about kids. It's, it's just a phase, so don't miss it. Don't miss that phase. It's a journey. It's a development process. And so Ash Wednesday uh, reminds us that we're on this journey, and, and following Jesus is like traveling across the world, uh, and yet you're going through a variety of terrains, uh, land, uh, and some of that land is desert and inhospitable, and you're looking around going, what? Well, where do I go? Uh, some of it is mountainous. Uh, some of it is uh, in deep forest, and it's easy to get lost and not quite know where you are. Uh, if you've been in the wilderness much at all, or out in the desert much, you know how easy it is to get turned around and, and not know where you're going. Or just when you think you're making awesome progress, you realize, hey, those are footprints. Oh, they're my footprints. You know, and you go, oh, no, they're walking in a circle. Uh, if you're in a boat going anywhere, it's not linear, right? Uh, because the current and, and the wind and the weather and, and all those sorts of factors uh, weigh on how you go where you're going to go. And so we're all about correcting course on Ash Wednesday. We're saying we're on a journey and we need to stop and know where we are. And so well, you, know where you, wanna, you know where you want to go, but it isn't clear or well marked. So how do I correct for the course? Well, you've got to get your bearings. And, and what's made clear to us is how we should make our way on the journey so we get to realign. So it isn't just guessing, it's saying, I know where I want to go. The problem is I don't know exactly how to navigate and negotiate the process getting there. But there's an attitude that you need to go on any kind of journey. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude of curiosity. Uh, it's, an, it's an attitude of concentration. Where am I? Am I where I, I think I, I should be? And then it's, it's moving toward that goal, even though I know I'm really supposed to go that way, but the mountains are there, so i got to go like this. Or I'm, I'm sailing toward that goal, and yet the currents and the winds and the other factors mean that I've got to go up so I can go down, right? Powerful, powerful imagery when you think about uh, this journey that we're on with Jesus. And Ash Wednesday, then, is a time to say, okay, reset, recalibrate, uh, correct course, and realign with the lover of my soul. And so the ashes to ashes, dust to dust aspect of this is simply to remind us that but for God blowing his breath of life into us, we would not have life. And so yes, we have existence. Uh, we have bios. Uh, but what we need is zoe. And so if you're a scientist, you know that bios is about life. Zoe is about living. And so that's the conundrum we face in life. And so Ash Wednesday... Uh, has pr provides music and prayers and, and a message, and in this case, stations, really creative stations that allow us to realign ourselves with God and to course correct. 
And if you don't think you need to realign with God or course correct, you definitely need to be here tonight. And really being here tonight will confirm that, you know what, it's a good thing to constantly be saying, am I, am I walking with you, Lord? Or have I wandered off? I don't know if as a kid you did this or your kid did this, but at some point when you were walking with them and they were walking with you, you both realize you're walking somewhere else. And the kid panics and says, oh my gosh, my poor parents are lost. And the parents are saying, oh dear Lord, uh, my kid's lost. Uh, somebody in our family, I won't mention names, but our daughter Lauren uh, was um, <clears throat> at the park with our grandson Miles, who's four, and he rides a bike without training wheels. He just flies on that thing. And so they're at the park that they can see from their house. They live right next to the park. And so they're on the other side of the park. It's not that far. And they're going to leave from the little play area to walk either across the lawn or around these paths to get to the house. It's all of like a one-minute journey. And so uh, Lauren has uh, their, their seven-month-old baby in a, a stroller. She said, well, Miles, um, I will meet you at the house. And she's keeping her eye on him, and he's getting on his bike and riding toward the trail. And she stops to do something with Wesley for like 10 seconds, and then keeps walking and looking for Miles, and there's not very much place for him to go and disappear, but he's not there. And she, of course, panicked as a mom. Like, oh my gosh, what happened to him? So she ran back to where he was, and where is he? He's gone. And she's asking people, hey, have you seen the little guy on the bike? Yeah, he was just riding by here. Well, in Miles' head, he thought, you know what? I'm going to go on the road adjacent to the park that mommy and daddy always drive home on. So he's now riding on this road. And it's just a two-lane road in a neighborhood, but still people drive you know, pretty fast on it, and there's no sidewalks on it. It's kind of countryish, And all of a sudden, he's riding and 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 somebody says, hey, kid, you know, where are you going? And finally she finds him, and her heart is, you know, just beating like mad, and she's like in tears and miles. What? We need to realign. We need to course correct. We think we know where we're going to go. There's a way, the Proverbs tells us there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end of which is death. And so ashes to ashes, dust to dust says we need to come back to the one who loves us more than anyone could love us and wants us to live fully in him, but knows that we are so easily lost or led astray. And so Ash Wednesday really confronts us with life and death. It's a big night that way. It's a big moment. And death, as you know, makes us all uncomfortable. Just try having a conversation with your kids about your death or theirs or with your parents with your spouse. If you're like, oh, let's not talk about that. We'll jinx it. It's bad luck. Because we're so uncomfortable talking about it. But then the crazy thing is um, we're uncomfortable with living life, too. So we don't talk about that either. Why would we talk about that? It might be awkward. It might be embarrassing. But unless we do that, we can't find God's comfort in life or in death. We can't be reminded He's with us and for us always at all times, even when it seems like he's far away, or that we're far away. I love how Jesus said it in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. That's kind of a crazy, wild enigma, isn't it, to put your head around? The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Uh, yesterday a friend's book came out. It's about living an undistracted life. And in fact, amazingly, it's called Undistracted. And uh, it's a wonderful book. It came out as a pre-release a few weeks ago. 
But he had to wrap it all up many, 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 many months ago, earlier in 2021. So that whole process of it getting all the final stuff done to it and then actually produced and then shipped and then, you know, the release dates, months and months and months after for him, he's done with the project. Well, he dedicated the book to his family and he also dedicated it to a a dear, dear deceased friend. So in this book, uh, Undistracted, if you open up the dedication, there's, there's one to his family, one to this dear friend, and one to the general reader. But the section he's dedicating to his friend says this, I also dedicate these words to my friend Bill Loki, who gave away extravagant love to me while fighting a courageous battle against cancer. Thank you for teaching, and now he's writing it to a guy who um, is dead. Thank you for teaching not to be fearful or distracted about what happens after this life ends. And for the promise that arriving in heaven will be simply like stepping from the boat to the dock. Welcome ashore, Bill. Well, as I said, the book came out in a pre-release a few weeks ago. It came out officially yesterday. Uh, it came out a few weeks ago, and Bill read the book. Let that sink in. Bill read the book. Bill also attended the celebration of life service that had been scheduled for him. He had this cancer that, that started in a way that they thought would be manageable, then went immediately into his bones, and it said, this is bleak, you don't have much time to live. So at the point that the dedication was written, it was maybe weeks away from his death. Well, now, uh, the better part of a year after that, he was out here in San Diego this weekend riding horses, because he wanted to ride a horse one more time before he died. He will die, yet he still lives. So this is the enigma that Jesus is describing. Bill is alive in Christ. And he understands up in his head that he will always be alive in Christ, even though he will die. And yet during this process of living so long now with what he thought would be his imminent death, he noticed that his family and friends were starting to talk about him in the past tense. Because they're trying to honor the fact that, you know, uh, you want us to be ready for you not to be here. So they're talking about, you know, when you're gone and this is going to happen and we'll do this. And started to tick him off. Made him a little bit annoyed that they were doing this because all of a sudden he realized, I'm a guy just marking time. I'm a guy just waiting to die. And the longer he was waiting to die, he was getting more nervous about what it would be to die. And he thought, is it going to be like a scary dark tunnel? And, And this guy is a guy who has changed hundreds and maybe thousands of people's lives. Uh, as a counselor, uh, as a wise advisor. So he's changed people's lives. And that's part of why the, the book is being dedicated to him. He's been, had such a, an amazing impact on people's lives. But now in his own you know, confrontation at the end of his life, he's going, it's scary. I'm a little, I'm, I know the theology, but I'm scared. And, and my friend who wrote the book understood this. And so he said, hey, Bill, um, first of all, he's thinking, oh, gosh, I don't want him to read the book when it comes out. I don't want to see the dedication. But um, he said, Come up with me to Canada, to, to my lodge, and it's next to this, uh, you know, another lodge. And so they get on this boat, and they're up there going toward the lodge, and, and Bill is deep in this funk of, of his own imminent death in the dark, dark tunnel that death will be. He's really bummed out. The reality of death has sunk in, and he's just really depressed. And as they pull up to this lodge, adjacent to it is another lodge that's owned by Young Life called Malibu. And there's hundreds and hundreds of kids and staff there. It's only, you can only get there by boat or by seaplane. As they pull up to this dock, Bill sees dozens, I mean, hundreds, I guess a couple hundred people lining the dock as far as I can see, and they're chanting, Welcome, Bill! Welcome, Bill! Great to see you! 
We've been waiting for you. It's fantastic that you're here. And all of a sudden it hit him. Oh my gosh. Because this is what my friend would, when met when he said, heaven will be simply like stepping from the boat to the dock. And all of a sudden Bill realized, I was living like a guy who's going to die, but I was kind of dying even though I was alive because I was so overtaken with this sense of fear and dread. And now I realize what I'm looking forward to. I can hardly wait to die. <laughs> right? It's like, oh my gosh, I feel so alive and yet so prepared to die. This is what Ash Wednesday is meant to be for us. Not necessarily a big emotional moment, but a big moment of recognition. Oh, this is what it is. I'm, li- I'm, I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery. In Christ, though I die, yet I live. And as I live, uh, I will really never die. Now, not to discount any kind of grief or loss when someone we love dies. It's simply to say, this is the source of our hope. And Ash Wednesday is a moment to say, let's get back to basics. Let's strip it all back. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But in Christ, God has blown his breath into you. And you are safe in him. You are sound and secure in him. So Ash Wednesday is officially the launch of Lent. Lent is a 40-day process preparing us to celebrate Easter. Easter is the obvious big culmination uh, when we get to declare that though he died, yet he lives. Christ is alive. Death has been defeated. Oh, death, where is your sting? We sang that. Scandal of grace. It's a scandal. How did this happen? How could a perfect person die for imperfect people? And that's a good thing that we celebrate. And so Lent is a way of preparing us to enter that journey rather than just check a box. Oh, Easter's coming up. And so Ash Wednesday is the marker, the first of that. And of course it's 40 days, but truly it's 46 days if you look on the calendar. Because the six Sundays in the Lenten season are little mini resurrection days. So the church historically has said, uh, let's recognize the 40 days. Jesus, 40 days in the desert. The the Israelites, 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, And all these different times, 40 is used as 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 a time of preparation. And so it's a 40-day, but really 46-day time of anticipating Lent. Massively important, because Lent is four things, if it's anything. It's a time to listen, a fresh way of listening to God. And maybe you think, I've never heard God speak. Well, what do you mean by listening to Him? I mean listening to Him through uh, His Word and in conversations with people who walk with Him. And perhaps in some way that you haven't experienced before, you'll have a sense that God is actually speaking to you. One of the phrases that, that Bill Loki uh, started to hear, and after a while he thought, oh, he's not just me, it's I'm hearing this voice from God. It's I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. And it was this point where the, the depression started to uh, overwhelm him because he thought, oh, this is like the consolation prize for being a dead guy. And then it dawned on him and went, you know, after that doc experience, that no, this is not a consolation prize. This is consolation in the sense of filling me with hope, consoling me, the idea that that's the whole prize. That's the whole point. That God is with us. So Ash Wednesday isn't a, 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 a day dedicated to Debbie Downer. It's a, it's a day dedicated to God saying, oh, I want to remember who I am in you. So I'm going to listen for you. I'm going to have conversations with people who know you. So this, in this 40-day, 46-day period, start listening to your own life, listening to the Word of God in a fresh way. Read the Gospels again and, and pay attention whenever Jesus speaks as if you're listening to Him speaking and you're there. 
Ask people you know who walk with Jesus. Hey, just tell me about your faith. What does it mean to you right now at this point in your life? Tell me your story of how did you come to know Christ? What are the, what are the hardest things you've ever faced? By, by gently coaxing these stories out of one another, we'll start to listen maybe in a fresh way about what God is or maybe could do in our lives. Secondly, Lent is a time to pray. And, and, and Karen Wessel sent me the neatest um, quote uh, last week that I've never heard before. And it says this, prayer isn't the least we can do. Prayer isn't all we can do. Prayer is ultimately the most we can do. Let me read that again. Prayer isn't the least we can do. Prayer isn't all we can do. Prayer is ultimately the most we can do. Uh, and I got to apply it. A, a, a dear friend um, said, hey, you know, I got a call from my oncologist. They called me back in, and I have to go back in for more chemo. Thought I was all clean and clear. And I said, well, I'll be praying for you. And just, I just happened to get this, happened to get this quote um, from a dear lady who knows what she's talking about. Uh, that this might be an encouragement to you. And, and I, I sent her these words, and she wrote back immediately, exactly. It's not the least, it's not all, it's the most we can do. So it's a time to listen, it's a time to pray. So try different ways to pray. Maybe if you get caught up on the same boring prayers that you pray, oh Lord, you know, uh, thank you, um, amen. Because you, you don't know how to articulate it. Maybe for the first time, you take one of those prayers that somebody's already written, go on Google and say prayers for hope, prayers for healing, prayers for joy, prayers for... And just start reading prayers. Maybe you grew up in a tradition where you memorize prayers. Uh, but use prayers as somebody else's structure. How about the book of Psalms? It's a book full of prayers. Let those be your prayers. A new way of praying. A new way of getting in touch with what it means to be in conversation with the Father. Try different postures. Uh, C.S. Lewis used to kneel by his bed every night. When he, when he finally got married late in life, his wife said, well, do you have any, you know, what do you do when you go to bed? He goes, well, I kneel by my bed and pray. And she's looking at this august scholar like he's a 10-year-old kid. She goes, oh, that's neat. That's awesome. Maybe you have a new posture that would uh, help you. Sitting in your chair and opening your hands to receive from God or to let go of stuff as you confess to God. Holding up your hands. Maybe it's lying on, literally face, face down. Uh, maybe it's standing up and holding your hands up. Maybe it's just taking a walk. And every time you see something beautiful, you say, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I don't know. You will walk around UTC Mall and just say, Lord, I see that lady dragging those two kids, or maybe two kids are dragging the lady. I'm going to pray for that mom and those kids. I mean, standing in the annoying line, waiting for the person with 2,000 things in their, their shopping cart, you should start praying. Not that they would be removed immediately, but that they, God would bless them. Try different postures, types of prayers, or times of prayer. Lent is a time to renew. That is to see your life as an adventure and following the leading of God's Spirit. This is where it gets a little bit fuzzy for us because we think, well, the Holy Spirit is the, is the power source for my renewal. I don't quite know how to connect with the Holy Spirit. Again, through listening and prayer, you say, come Holy Spirit, renew me. Fill me. Uh, every Sunday when we do conversations in here, I sit here and I keep mark of time, but as, as I'm doing that, I pray for every group, and I pray for every person in every group, that they would be filled and renewed with the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God would fill the place, would fall in the place, in ways that may be imperceptible, but would be powerful nonetheless. It's a time to be renewed, so pay attention to what any urgings you have. of I want to do something differently. Because we get in these ruts, 
and we get stuck. And after all, we think we have to hold on to these grudges and these resentments or these fears. And renewal says, you know what? It's okay to let go of that and, and to offer it to God. Finally, Lent is a time to focus. And how do you focus? Well, you're focusing on signs of God's grace in you and around you. Again, this is building on the, the, the listening and praying and, and renewing in asking yourself the questions. You know, what needs to change in my attitudes and my behaviors, and why do I need to change them? Why do I want to change them? I've tried to change them. It's not possible. Well, maybe I haven't asked for help. That would be too humbling and vulnerable, right? But focusing on, okay, who am I really? Jesus told his disciples to be alert and to watch. He wanted them to know that there's more to life than what appears to be life. We have an enemy prowling around trying to destroy us. We walk through ordinary situations that we fail to see that maybe God is in the midst of the ordinary. We're looking for something extraordinary when all along the extraordinary is the fact that God is with us in the ordinary situations. So take time to pay attention to your life patterns. Am I, am I drifting? Am I kind of plateaued and I'm not, not admitting it? Am I afraid to say that I'm bored with God? Because maybe it's not God that I'm bored with. Maybe I'm just bored with me. Are you drifting? Are you distracted? Again, deep emotions distracting you from your, willing, uh, your ability or willingness to receive or give love. Uh, maybe you're doing some very dangerous things. You're neglecting your body. You're neglecting your spirit. You're neglecting people who need some attention from you. Whatever it is, uh, drifting or distraction or, or danger, listen and pray and renew and focus. Why? Because Ash Wednesday is about seeing your life in a fresh perspective. It's a course correction and it's a realignment. I love how the Apostle Paul speaks about this when he confesses his own conflicted nature. His own capacity to get sideways with himself and people and God. He says, I do not understand what I do. Oh, excuse me. First of all, I want to read Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of uh, everlasting. And, and with Paul, we can then um, uh, you know, reflect on Romans 7.15. I don't understand what I do. For what I, I, I want to do, I don't do. But what I do, I hate. I mean, what I hate, I do. I'm just a conflicted person. Can you relate to this? The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament that you read was this person. And the person reading all, all the stuff he wrote is you and me. We're all conflicted in this way. What's the relief? He tells us in verse 21 of Romans 7, oh, thank God for Jesus' intervention. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ's resolution of this conflict within me. But it needs to be constantly, constantly refreshed and realigned and renewed. It's not a check the box and walk away. We leak. We get filled and we, it leaks out somehow. It dissipates. It's like you eat and you drink and you get thirsty and hungry again. Instead of going, oh, what is wrong with me? You say, oh, I need continuous hydration and uh, sustenance. So by God's grace and truth, we continuously correct our course and realign with Him. And a heart for God uh, simply moves us to lament this fallen world and our part in it. Do you not lament over Ukraine this week? Of course you do. I lament also for the, the Russian people looking at this with bewilderment saying, what is going on? I lament that there's a person in the throes of, I don't know if it's deep depression or, or demonic possession, but a person like Putin 
is not his own man. He thinks he's his own man. He's not his own man. He's a man caught up in such so much evil and denial that it is warping him and warping his country and warping the world. Why? Because we live in that fallen world and every one of us have the capacity to be exactly what he's being. We do it in small ways. His is a macroaggression. We're good at microaggressions. He's doing felony level. We're kind of misdemeanor level. So we need to remember that God meets us in our brokenness with his tender mercy. Imagine if Putin went to the Russian Orthodox priest and said, forgive me, Father, I have sinned, and just started to weep. What would the priest do? He'd put his hands on him. He'd pray God's grace over him. He'd say, you know, let's, let's talk about how we can reconcile this. Let's talk about how we can apply this redemption and this repentance in a way that would be constructive. Oh, I can't do that. I'd rather die. You're a dead man walking already. But if you die to yourself, you're going to live in him. For yet though you die, yet you will live. But Christ is the only one who can make that happen. And so the psalmist again in 51 says this, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise that. You see, this is a come forward on Ash Wednesday moment to these stations. Staying in your seat and going through these stations on, on paper. And so James tells us, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. John tells us, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We're not home yet. We're still in the boat approaching the dock. We want to live so badly and sometimes we feel like we're dying by degrees because we are. Our flesh is failing us. It's just the way of this world. But meanwhile, our spirit is being renewed within us. And sometimes we get glimpses of the, of the dock. And sometimes we hear on the wind the voices welcoming us home. We think, is that me or is that really happening? I can tell you, it is you and it really is happening. We're not home yet. We're still on the boat approaching the dock. We will hear the Lord say, welcome ashore soon enough, sooner than we'd like to think. Uh, someone I, I love dearly uh, passed away on Monday. Uh, she was 89. It was way too soon. I thank God that, that in His grace she is uh, with Him. Um, but 89 is way too fast when you love somebody and you're loved by them. So until then, we push on into our journey, correcting course, realigning with Jesus. And I, I, I'll leave you with this prayer. It's, a, it's attributed to Sir Francis Drake, who was one incredible adventurer, as you know. And he also was a man of deep faith. Most, most historians don't talk about that part of his life. They talk about the incredible Sir Francis Drake. And San Francisco, you know, um, celebrates Sir Francis Drake. And uh, St. Francis the Saint as well. But let me, let me read you this prayer, uh, written in 1577, and it's as fresh as if it was written today. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamt too little, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. 
Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery. We're losing sight of land. We shall find the stars. We ask you, push back the horizons of our hopes and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. Let this be the context uh, for this brief uh, but poignant and important Ash Wednesday service. Uh, I want to pray. We'll sing a song and then uh, Ryan will come up. Uh, we'll do a benediction because we want to give you a blessing before you go into the stations and then move on into the rest of the evening and, and head home. And Ryan will come up uh, in a moment and uh, after this next song and uh, talk to us about what the stations are. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that uh, though this, this evening, Ash Wednesday, isn't prescribed in your word. It permeates your word. And so Lord, we thank you for the people who had the, the sense to uh, bring this together around this season of Lent and to help us to have a time of changing gears and changing perspective and renewing our understanding of who we are in you as we prepare to celebrate Easter. And so Lord, I pray for each one here that you'd meet us where we are that we could let go of what we think we're supposed to be and simply be in your presence together, to be still and know that you are God and that you are at work in us. And we can simply learn to listen and pray uh, to open ourselves to renewal. And, and, and in, in, in the best way possible uh, to focus on you. We pray all this in your high and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. the name 
offer you a benediction and uh, also uh, just tell you we'll do these stations and Ryan will explain those how they work and then um, when you leave tonight whenever you want to leave uh, there's the opportunity to have the imposition of ashes and this is simply a symbolic tactile way of identifying with the fact that wow you know I'm I'm recalibrating renewing realigning with the Lord and you can have that put on your forehead that's the traditional way to do it uh, you have it put in your hands so you can look at it 
uh, and be reminded of it. And there's no precedent for how long you leave it on. You leave it on as long as you like uh, or, or wipe it off. Um, but uh, again, the idea is that we want a full body experience. That's why these, these stations are so important. It allows us to embrace the fact that um, we're beginning a journey of 40 days uh, as we prepare to celebrate Easter. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us all, giving us his love, his hope, his peace, his mercy, both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ryan. Well, good evening, everybody. As Pastor Steve mentioned, whether you're joining us online or here with us in person, we wanted this service to be the kickoff to Lent. We wanted this service to be the opportunity for us to get our hearts right, to get our minds right, and to seek after the Lord in this upcoming season. So with that in mind, if you're online following us along, there'll be a series of slides that rotate through, and you can ride along along with us. Or if, you're, uh, if you'd rather stay in your seats, there should have been a, you should have gotten one of these handouts on your way in. If you follow right along on the back, you can do the entire process right from your seat if you just want to fill it out. But the whole point is to get your heart right, to seek God, and to seek Him in this season. Uh, with that, we've got four stations around the room. If you notice one is full, we just ask that you move to the other one so that we don't get too big of a crowd. This first station right here is all about giving your anxieties to God. There's a series of sticky notes there. Uh, read the Bible passage, uh, respond to the, the um, little piece that we've put together, and then just write an anxiety that you have in your life. If you've got one, write one. If you've got a hundred, Take your time, write 100, and then you crumple it up and you just place it right in the hand of God. On the back back there, there's a series of rocks on the table. Each of us has something that's in the way of God. Maybe it's our own anxiety, maybe it's a doubt, a fear, a hurt, but there's something that's preventing you from getting all the way close to God. So take a moment, grab one of those rocks. There's a metal bucket there that we would like you to place the rock in. It's going to make a noise. We just ask that you don't drop the rock from full height, otherwise it's going to be really loud in here. So just pick up a rock and place it at the bottom of the bucket for us. In the back over there, there's some invisible ink pens. I ask that before you write, you take the little flashlight that's on the top and read what people have written before you. One, so that you can just get your heart right and see where other people have seen God, but also so that we don't write over somebody else's. So take a moment, read what other people have written, and then find yourself a spot where you can write something wonderful that God has done in your life that maybe you've forgotten, or maybe it's been a little while since you've refreshed yourself. But the point of that, it's going to be a beautiful tapestry at the end of the night of all the invisible things that God has done in our lives. And last here, up in the front, it's a candle. There's a large candle in the front. If it gets a little crowded, I did light a couple of others. But the idea there is sometimes the light of God in our life gets a little bit dim. And so by the end of the night, both of those buckets are just going to be filled. Hopefully we don't light the wall on fire with just the joy and the light of life that God brings. So thank you so much for participating. Um, and with that, please uh, take your time to walk through the stations. And then on your way out, we have Brandon and Jonathan who are going to impose the ashes on you. Thank you so much.